Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, welcome to Sinister Silhouettes, and I am Tasha Pierce. And I got True Matt from True Crime Unsolved here with me. I've got Eileen here with me. So welcome to the show. Welcome to the party. I'm trying to see if anybody is trying to join from Facebook. They probably aren't, but you know, I gotta, I, I at least have to give them an opportunity, right? So anyway, so today's show got a big, uh, I want to fight this lady. I want to beat her up. Lori Daybell and her dumbass husband, Chad. Um, we're going to discuss the updates to that case. We are also going to talk a little bit about Boogaloo's, which I talked about with Matt a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, maybe the week before. But because they are now becoming uh, bigger news, I'm going to talk about them here on my show as well. And we are also going to uh, we're going to discuss just how how things have changed or how what differences have been made with the uh, current state of protests that the Black Lives Matter movement and all of our allies have embarked upon. What have we seen done differently? Have we seen any improvement? And uh, yeah, so I don't know how long I'm gonna be sitting here. Probably un until I get through with my two little bottles of wine. I got some little ones, some little Pinot Grigios today. So. I've already started day drinking. I just ate breakfast, so this ought to be fun. <laughs> also, um, I've got a Patreon, and I want to talk to you all about it because uh, I've been told that I'm not pushing it enough. Wink, wink. So <laughs> I'm going to push my Patreon. It is at patreon.com slash sinister silhouettes. There are several tiers starting at, I believe the lowest is $3. And for that, you will get uh, the, the customary shout out. You'll also get uh, access to the bonus episodes that I will be uploading because I now finally have had somebody vote and tell me what they want me to talk about. I also have a uh, Tamla Horsford. If you haven't heard that story, that one is coming specifically for Patreon as well. I also am giving away a little swag. I want to show you guys the swag before I get started. So look at there. Do you see? It's almost cute. Okay, then this one is the same design. I'm blocking my mic. This one is the same design, except for it's got that holographic type deal going. I like that one. And then this one is my Black Girl Magic one. Black Girl Magic served on Tuesdays. I uh, I also have one of the old designs that I still love because it doesn't say true crime by the book, which I still am technically. But um, this is one of the old designs to buy the, I don't know if you can see that, buy the book design. So that's that. And I'm also still going to be sending everybody who becomes a patron the VIP after party, welcome to the after party. I'm going to write you a very nice little love note for, for being here with me. I've got new reviews. My new reviews, we're up to 48 back there. I know I'm, I'm a little janky. I need some kids back here to, to help me do my, uh, my artwork back here. <laughs> but 
outside of that, I'm about to open some seats up and we're going to get started with the uh, Lori Daybell, Chad Daybell, oh, and the, the fate of the children, what actually happened to these children. I am trying to make sure that I'm not ignoring anybody on Facebook. I don't know because I, I keep telling everybody I'm an old lady and, and this old lady shit, <laughs> I, I don't do, I don't do tech. So I'm like, I don't even know how, to, I'm, I don't know what's going on. But anyway, oh, I guess I can do that, huh? Yep, that's me. Okay. I keep telling everybody I'm an old lady. Hi, Robin, and hi, Felicia. But I still got to stop this because I can't, I cannot, I can't hear me and talk at the same time. So if somebody else, if anybody else <laughs> is is uh, logged into Facebook, let me know if anybody is saying anything because I suck. Hello, Robin. <laughs> Okay, seats are about to open now. I knew you, Matt. If nobody else, you can oh, yeah, we make, don't worry about that. <sighs> we make a hell of a pair sitting here every Saturday talking to each other. We do, we do. <laughs> Dream team. I'm being part of a lot of dream teams here lately, too. Stuff, I keep seeing all your collaborations and all that's brilliant. Yeah, did you hear the collab episode? I haven't heard it yet. I saw it. I've seen you advertising it, but I've, I've, man, oh I've got so many gosh. podcasts on it. I'm meeting so many different people. I've got my Spotify list. Is My God. It's so <laughs> much stuff. You let me know what you think of that episode oh, because what? I'm telling you, it was a tearjerker, tearjerker. So, Lori and Chad. Yes. Yeah. So let's let's go back notes version to anybody who uh, is not aware of what's going on. Why am I freezing? Am I freezing? Uh, you got a little bit of a lag on your voice. I can still, I can you still hear me? you though. I can still hear you. It's fine. I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, I'm starting to see my logo show up instead of me. Okay, but anyway, okay. it's fine. <laughs> Cliff notes. Back in November 2019, um, some very worried grandparents reached out to the police in regards to their grandson, J.J. Vallow. J.J. Vallow has been, uh, had been adopted by Charles and Lori Vallow, and they hadn't heard from him since uh, the passing of the father. And now the father, Charles, was actually, he didn't pass away by anything natural. He was actually killed by his brother-in-law, Alex, who said that he was, uh, he was threatening with a baseball bat. So Charles is now gone. The grandparents are concerned because they have not spoken to their grandson. They cannot get a hold of him. Turns out, then not only is the grandson missing, nobody has seen 17-year-old Tylee Ryan either. Now, Tylee Ryan uh, is a product of the a prior marriage of Lori, and that husband 
uh, after their divorce, he died as well. So that's weird. Okay, so now fast forward. Everybody's asking this bitch where these kids are. And she keeps saying, oh, the kids are safe. The kids are safe. They're with my friend in Arizona. And then it turns out friend in Arizona was like, oh, hell no, bitch. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 you're not bringing me in this. The police then go back to try to talk to Lori and Chad, her new husband, again, and poof, they're gone. Turns out they were in Hawaii. Turns out, uh, still, they're walking around with the smuggest looks ever on their face saying that these children are safe or not saying anything at all, depending on which one of the fools you're talking to. And then... uh, Alex, the brother who killed Charles, he Mm. dies, and they say under normal or natural causes, but uh, the more we get into this, the more that does not seem to be the case. Yes. It's like, okay, yeah, where's the shovel? (laughs) Well, no, let me not talk Mm. about shovels, because Chad and Alex, they like shovels, obviously. So, finally, after all these months of speculation, all these months of wondering, two Dateline specials and hundreds of podcast episodes later, the children have been located. Now, if you remember when I first started talking about Chad and Lori, I was like, oh, we're going to yeah, find the kids. Having okay. that exact conversation. They They're in the woods in a cult somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Someplace, yeah. Someplace safe, but not dead, you know? In here, I have to mm, say too. that I was wrong. Yeah, the children were found on the property of Charles, they, no, Chad Daybell. So now, um, and this is months later, and this is uh, after a lot of interesting things uh, that the police had to, a lot of little hoops that they had to jump through to get to where we are right now. But as it stands right now, the remains of the children were found on Chad Daybell's property and they had probably been there since uh, since the day after the last time anybody ever saw them. Now, <laughs> excuse me. This is where we are. This is where we pick up our the conversation. Most, do you know what the bits that shocked me the most is when they were discussing where the kids are and all this. Do you know who was sitting front and center behind the defense table? Like just no, no emotion, no body language, just normal. Was the guy who had buried the kids right. on his property? And do you know why he buried them on his property? Because he could control the crime scene. Yes. All about control. Yes. If he knew where and, the bodies were, right under his feet, he knew who was going to. If he left it randomly out on a hiking trail somewhere, then he can't control that crime scene. But he hid them right. under his feet, where he knew where they were, so he could control the crime scene. <laughs> Chug. <laughs> she just made me laugh and I've got a tickle in my throat if you'll talk for a minute you mean Mark right who the hell is Matt I'm sorry obviously he's somebody very important to me that I don't know yet (laughs) give me a second no worries you carry on 
enemies come on to just turning my TV down. So this guy was sitting in the courtroom, like I said, behind support supporting his wife. Deadpan, no emotion. Right. And the whole time, the whole time, well, if we mean every we time he went home, he was probably walking over the dead children. It's just one of the most bizarre, but calculating. Um, they, they were hidden in plain view. They were they yeah. were hidden where the probably where the police least expected them to be, right underneath his feet. We talk about how how Chad had the smug look and he really wasn't uh, emoting the fact that he knew where these children were. Neither was their mother. Their mother looked so blase. These children, Chad don't know these kids. He obviously, he, he didn't have an opportunity to build any type of relationship with the children. His relationship was with the mother. He was so detached from her own children her face, she, she has a hell of a poker face because I yep. would have not been able to tell from her face that those kids were no longer with us. She looked like, she always looked like she had someone better. It sounds a bit obvious, but when she was in court, the look on her face was, she was put, being put through an inconvenience. Yes. It was like, oh, like a constant eye roll almost of an expression on her face. And I'll tell you what, we moan about the criminal justice system and we say how broken it is, but well done to the judge for not lowering the bond. Mm-hmm. Because the second, the second they would have lowered the bond and she would have been gone and you would yeah, never have seen her again. So fair play to the judge for not lowering her bond and letting her out. Right. And also, uh, I'm a, I appreciate the fact that they set the bond of Chad Daybell at a million dollars as well. Exactly. The, the argument that his uh, attorney made was a was a good argument. However, when if that's only if you're not thinking about the fact that the the evidence that he concealed were human remains. If we were just talking about a gun or a knife or whatever, then okay, yeah, I can see a million dollars is a way way too much for that charge, but we know more charges are coming. So that million dollar uh, bail makes sure that he will be here to hear the next set of charges. So who's going to turn on who now then? Who is going to turn on the other one? Because they're both arrested. They've both been got a hundred million, oh, sorry, a hundred million. No, one million, sorry. Mm. Okay, see, one million. That's uh, what a hundred million and I'm obsessed with Matt. <laughs> What the f- is going on? So who is going to turn on? Who's gonna Who's gonna blame who for killing the kids? What's your mind? Who, who's gonna blame who? That is my hope. My hope is that they will be able to uh, undeniably pinpoint those times of death to those times because they can. Uh, Lori can say, "Oh, the kids were alive when when you guys locked me up." Yeah. Exactly. And well, I was in Hawaii, and and the kids were alive, and they were at my house. Now somebody, now you putting the cat in somebody else's bag. If they, the closer they can pinpoint the the time of death to exactly where uh, Alec met up with each other in his backyard, if the closer they can pinpoint it to then, 
then we have to have somebody turning on each other. And at the end of it, they will all turn on Alex. The cause, of death, the cause of death will be important as well. If it's a particularly yeah. unpleasant cause of death, it will probably be the dad. If it's something a little bit or anything less brutal, it will probably be the mum. But um, the affidavit, the affidavit's pretty interesting. They've released his affidavit. They've unsealed it. So, as you say, the words that were said by the uh, by the prosecutor when yeah. he said one of the bodies was disposed of in a particularly egregious manner. Yeah, one was That's burned. Wasn't it? One was burned. See. Didn't say, didn't say. He just said the manner was egregious, and to me, that that does point to yes, either they put him in that pit and burned him, or they this they had to dismember in some kind of way to get them underneath. Because you saw that you see the aerial footage of the uh, crime scene. Yeah, yeah. The, the the little grave where they had dug, it wasn't that deep. I wouldn't even it call it a grave, to be honest. Yeah. I wouldn't so even he, call it that. This is a man. What's going on, Eileen? What you doing over here? <laughs> yeah, no, what's she doing? I'm just she's, got, she's got a purple screen. She's professional. Just she's got a purple screen. Okay, oh. just listen. I'm, I'm, I'm just here. learning. I'm... Is that a British accent? Where was I? Irish. Oh, good. Someone else in my time zone. <laughs> I'm just grateful there's one live when, like, I'm actually awake. This is exactly. Great. Me too. Thursday nights, you end up going, I'm up going to sleep at like three, half three in the morning. It's like, oh, right. Saturday in the afternoon because I got, uh, you know, you guys. Living for this, Sasha. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. Yeah, I'm not having this three weeks off business. I'm not having this three weeks off. I've ever watched. I'm so excited. This is like talking like Death Oakley Perry. I'm ready. I'm not having this three weeks off business. You just said either. You're not having any of that. Well, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the live stream. I just I'm taking three weeks off of the regular podcast because I don't have any episodes written (laughs) because I suck. (laughs) Do this. Just just use this. That's what I'm gonna do. So I'm. I am. I am going to put these up. But then, you know, I have my little, my my own little flavor, my style. So I have to do things, you know, that yeah, yeah. my regular listeners will appreciate. And then you guys as well. Now, what was I talking? I was talking about uh, the aerial footage. We got Chad, who is a grave digger. That's what he did for many, many years of his life. I did not know that. Yes, that was one of his, uh, he was, he actually... He actually wrote books talking about his time as a grave digger and whatnot. So I'm like, that how can you write books? Hang on, how can you write books about being a grave digger? So, yeah, so Monday I uh, dug a grave. I don't know and then what Tuesday I uh, dug a grave, and then Thursday I dug a grave. Yes, two graves that day. Thursday. I mean, what's that? How can you write books about a grave? How? I mean, I don't understand. I think he. I think he uh, tied in the fact that he tied in aspects of him being a grave digger to ways that it, it helped him when he was going through near-death experiences. Don't give me the line because I haven't read these books and I have no plans to. But oh, the no. fact <laughs> that he was a grave digger oh. means to me that he knows. Not only does he know that he needed to conceal those bodies, he also knows that, or he he also could have done it fast, 
faster than what it took. Like that whole night that he and Alex were supposed to be in the yard. I'm thinking Alex dug that grave himself. I'm thinking it, it probably was not Chad because Chad is skilled at digging these deep holes. That shot, that grave was like, it couldn't have even been two feet deep. From the affidavit I read, it sounds like one of the kids was decapitated to be to be buried. It said the first thing they came across was a crown mm. on the head and some and fun and some brown hair, some fair hair. And then underneath that was another plastic. So I think unfortunately, I think the children might have been, as you say, dismembered. Which which make which makes this crime a whole new level of, of shit. It's it's it does it really does. You don't have to do. You don't have to take people apart to bury them. You don't. You, you don't have to. Do that. You don't have to kill your kids. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't have to your children to be with a new man. They obviously had people who wanted, who wanted to uh, to take care of them. Let me see. Eileen creeping in the dark. JJ was fully intact. Tiny was dismembered and scattered in three different areas. That's what I thought. That's so that tells me that Tylee was the targeted, if you like. That's brutal towards Tylee, isn't it? Hey, Eric. Thank you. He made it rain. Make it rain. Make it rain. <laughs> thank you, Eric. I appreciate you. <laughs> so, yes. She, um... They, uh, of course, JJ was the one that was wrapped in the tarp, found his whole body. And then Tylee was the one who they had to spread out a bit to find. And yeah, that does. It adds a whole new level of depravity to this. Story. It's, 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 uh, that tells me that she was very much the, was she problem if you like and he he was very whichever one was scuffed around was the target and whichever one was pretty normally disposed of was not really the target you know what i mean does that make sense that's pretty yeah. brutal way if one's normal and one scattered around a bit it's, it tells me the level of feeling towards both are completely different Oh, my brother-in-law is here too. Hey, Raymond. <laughs> I've finally figured out how I can do this and and see where you got it on, on Facebook. It only took, what, 30 minutes? But yeah, the way I look at it, Tylee knew too much. Tylee, it actually, one of the uh, friends of, of uh, what is the lady's name? Lori. One of her friends said that she was on the phone and she said something Lori said something about Tylee being a, a zombie and Tylee was right there and said, no, mom, not me. So Tylee knew what being a zombie meant and she knew what the fate of people who have been named zombies by her mother, she knows what that fate becomes. So she likely would have been the one to put up some type of fight, to put up some type of uh, resistance of course, because who wants to be killed? Yeah. Whose mother, who who would want to hear, walk up and hear their mother describing them as a zombie, which means that she has been taken over by some dark spirit? Who wants to hear that? If I just wish Tylee would have run instead of talk, trying to talk her mom out of it, I wish she would have run because then she would have lived to tell 
And then she could have shed light on all the rest of these deaths. The, what, what I do think is this couple is def, they're definitely a pair of serial killers. They're a couple. They are a couple serial killing couple. There's no doubt in my mind. All these. Was it five unexplained deaths or five <laughs> suspicious? Sorry, there's yeah. five suspicious deaths, including the children tied to these people. Right. So we have Alex, you got Charles, you got the two children, you got Tammy. Those are, and then not to mention, they tried to kill Brandon as well. Brandon Brudrol is the uh, the nephew or the well, like nephew in law. So it was uh, her niece's former husband. He, he had a shot taken at him as well. So children, you got Tammy. Why? Why am I still just now showing up? <laughs> I can like <laughs> I clicked it on my phone. Oh, I'm about to say that scared me. You late to the party, girl. Where was you at? <laughs> so yeah. That that to me spells maybe if not serial killer, because they weren't the ones doing the killing at first. It was Alex. So Alex is definitely, definitely a, a, a multiple a multiple murderer. Murderer. Uh, well, if he's murdered more than two people at different times, he's a serial killer, isn't he? Yeah. Well, apparently, according to the yeah. FBI. Right. Um, but I mean, who is the serial killer? Because what he, when I look at him, it's like a hitman. So like uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I look at him as a person who is just doing the dirty work in even though that sounds terrible when we're talking about children and lives, but yeah, he did the dirty work. These are the people who wanted these people dead is Chad and Lori. Uh, Alex was just the tool that they used to do it. Yeah. Um, these, these, oh, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is it, this isn't, you don't control a crime scene act this way so nonchalantly, so blasé, so bra it's brazen. He was sitting in a courtroom while they were discussing where two dead children who are underneath his driveway, so to speak. Right. And he was just sitting there like that. I mean, neither that one of them, like to me, neither one of them uh, had a care in the world. And it could be because they have bought into their own bullshit or I'll say Chad might know that he is full of shit, but Lori may be really buying this bullshit and believes, oh, those weren't my kids. They had been inhabited by dark spirits. My kids are gone already. So at this point, uh, he, yeah, he would be the person, the puppet master, and she's just an idiot. And he doesn't have any ties to these children. They were just somebody, just two kids that were in the way of him being with Lori, just like his wife was, just like yeah. Oh, Eric says one hundred percent. Yeah, his yeah. wife was in the way. Um, anything that he had to do to make sure that he and Lori could do whatever it is that they plan to do uh, with these white. I forgot what the name of white tents or I forgot what it was, but <clears throat> they wanted to be together. I, I would even I would even go further back because it's a, it's one thing to kill adults, but to kill and dispose of and dismember children 
that is another level of depravity. And I know whether it's them just evolution of these criminals starting off of adults and now they but I would be pretty surprised if if they're not really being investigated to see if there's any crimes that the police have missed, because that is a hell of an acceleration of um, well, offending. It's the, it's the whole desperate times call for desperate measures type of deal. They feel like these are the last days. They, in fact, they feel like the next month it's all over. So if, if they're correct, which the way 2020 has been going, they, they might just be. <laughs> true. 220 needs the rest of the year off. <laughs> right. If, if they are correct, next next month it's all over anyway. So they had to accelerate what they were doing because they, they, they were working with limited time. Apocalypse countdown, exactly. It right? is, you're right. Yeah, there's an apocalypse countdown, and they they feel like, okay, we've got this window of time to get all this stuff done. But to me, I, they say that uh, the the best friend of Lori, who was also named Melanie, she says that uh, Alex really believed this shit. So if Alex, the brother, really believed it, he thought that he was doing these kids a favor, uh, he was doing his sister a favor by getting rid of her dark husband. He thought that Brandon Boudreaux was was inhabited by a dark spirit. So if he really believed this crap, they let him kill everybody they needed dead, and then they killed him. <laughs> because he, if July comes and the world don't end, now he's going to talk. And then Tylee, who may have known too much, she's going to talk. If July comes and the world don't end, Tylee and, and uh, Alex were liabilities. They had to go. And Eric is agreeing with me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. I just, I think it also got to stage where these guys were just in the mindset of being killers. And and I... They barely dismembered kids underneath their driveway knowing that that'll probably be the last, as stupid as it sounds, that'll probably be the last place the police look. (laughs) Well, no, to me, that should have been the first place the police look. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. But then, yeah, I'm looking at Idaho and I'm understanding that when you were working with a crime scene that that would involve you digging. You, it would be uh, less than ideal to do it when there's snow on the ground and the ground is frozen. You need to be able to shift through all of that. So I understand now, after much thought, why they had to wait till the weather was cooperating, till they had enough evidence to uh, justify digging up that entire backyard and to uh, to be able to actually shift through that stuff because you, I don't know if you if you saw the aerial photographs, they had every time they took a shovel full of dirt, they had to put it in a bucket, and then every bucket had to be sent through a shifter, and that's how they found the bones. So if they would have done it with a backhoe in the wintertime, they would not have found that same level of evidence. I understand that part. I'm getting it. <laughs> so it would have been to me the first place to look but it was the le- uh, less than an ideal time when 
uh, when this was brought to their attention. Yeah, it reminds me. This old case reminds me of Terry Hobbs in Memf in Memphis, who allegedly had one of his hairs in a knot. He sat in the courtroom the whole time, and if it turns out that he was the actual person who killed those kids in Memphis, then it's a very similar situation to these guys who sat in a courtroom while the lawyers were arguing about where these kids were, and actually, it's turned out they were right underneath their feet the whole time. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's, it's quite a similar situation, really. The really sick part is that, okay, they killed these children, they, they skipped town, went to Hawaii, then you had uh, his kids, Chad's children, living in the house <laughs> with these kids in the backyard with absolutely no knowledge of it. That allegedly, that is sick. Now to do that, that is sick. It is a sick case, and it's only going to get worse. And I'll be—I would be quite surprised if they're not already looking at them for other other crimes that they don't necessarily know about. To be honest with you, well, because these guys are just these guys are just so cult, so in the cult mindset, they would do anything, including kill children and dismember them. So you don't get much more brainwashed than that. Yeah, really. Just look at the 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 whole thing with between Laurie meeting Chad, and then uh, to now to where we are now, it's less than two years. You know, <laughs> she was still married to Charles all the way up until uh, 2019 at some point. Excuse me. So them meeting and getting to where we are now is less than two years. The cult mindset in Lori did not start until after she met Chad. Is that his name? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, Chad. <laughs> so she met Chad. It, it doesn't, you don't automatically become brainwashed. So it took a little time for him yeah. to get <laughs> to get her into uh, be believing what it what he believed to include. She not only did she believe it, her best friend believed it, uh, her niece believed it. So he had enough time to to uh, cultivate that level of trust and brainwash this entire little group of women. And Alex, for that matter. And uh, and then all of this activity ramped up. All of this is is a fruit of one year. I will say between the time that that uh, Chad told uh, Lori that Charles had a dark spirit and he he had to go, and then he said, "Okay, now my wife is is she's slated to die." in a car accident when that didn't happen now we got to kill her another way so all of these deaths came within this past year between yep. june of last year and june of this year so yeah i don't know if, i don't know if i would call it uh so much of cereal as it seems more or less like a spree even though yep. Yep. even though it wasn't them pulling the trigger or doing the dirty work it was likely Alex but still they they were asking Alex to do these things and then Alex ended up um, dead himself it's a it's a rabbit hole absolute rabbit hole yeah because there's no way we can know, we cannot know the scope of what the, <clears throat> of what they've done. The only thing I wish I could be a fly on the wall for 
is if I was sitting uh, in the cell with Lori. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Someone is going to turn on someone. One of these two people, Mm -hmm. the two main people, one of them is going to turn on the other one. One is going to make a deal. One of them will make a plea deal. When, when, When August comes... And, and July passes and the world doesn't end, it'll likely be, the light bulb may come on for Lori. She'll realize then that she has been deceived. Like her best friend said, uh, Chad deceived all of them. And he did it in a soft-spoken, quiet, humble kind of way. But he deceived all of them. They've all been, you know, they were all drinking the Kool-Aid. Melanie Pulowski is currently being hardcore investigated by the FBI. I think she'll be the one to crack and give it all up. You think that she knows everything? I think she knows a lot. <laughs> she said, yep. <laughs> I think, I think the only people who know everything is these two cult, the, the two main people who sit yeah. in that courtroom controlling everything, putting all the strings. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt. I was, I, I was thinking that, especially if I heard me by uh, Melanie Pulowski being pregnant right now, I was thinking that she would go into self-preservation mode right now and start talking. But she's still staunchly defending her aunt. She is still saying, oh, Lori always has a plan. What Was her plan to kill her kids? That Was that the plan? You know, was the plan to to Make sure that Lori has a plan. Well, was Chad's plan to make sure that everybody that was connected to Lori was gone so that he could have Lori to himself? Hey, make it rain, make it rain. What is that? What is that V thing? What does that mean? Hey, she, she's doing money. That. It's monies, honeys. <laughs> no one's ever done that for me before. <laughs> Well, Joe, I'm well, Joe. Well, that's because I mean they know what it what it means. Like Eric is saying, it's a tip. Yeah, it's a, it's a tip. I just we made a buck or two. Nice. For, for for doing this episode today, so every little penny helps. <laughs> and uh, well, now where were we? Where were we? Yeah. So Melanie Pulowski, I thought, hey, here she is. She's pregnant by this new husband, maybe this is the time that she will say, look, I got too much to lose. Let me go ahead and talk. But she's still defending her her sister, I mean, her auntie. And then uh, the mother, Janice Cox. Oh, I talked to, I talked to uh, JJ. When did she say she talked to him? In October. You, bitch, you lied. <laughs> you just lied, you know. You couldn't have talked to him in October because He's dead. You know what happened? You know, you know what's happened? They've uh, they've banked on the world ending in August, and they fobbed off and fobbed off, saying, "Yeah, the kids are in this place, and the kids are on that place." Right. And now they've been caught. They're like, uh, "Yeah." When they, is they the world supposed that, to end? The world's world is supposed to end J- July twenty second. I think it is. Hmm. Yeah. We don't have much time. Only like one more car insurance payment. (laughs) I don't mind. Right. Yeah. If it's going to go, let's let's, let it go. I'll be on the beach. 
Yeah, I just don't want Lori and Chad to be right. I want to get to August so I can be like, see, you did all this for nothing, Lori. Can you imagine being a prison guard? Can you imagine being a prison guard on the 27th? Morning! (laughs) Morning! How are we today? Can you imagine? Oh, I would the love sarcasm it. as he slides the breakfast underneath the door. <laughs> Good morning! It's the twenty seventh of July. Glory, <laughs> were like mother. <laughs> well, they said, and you know, I don't know how uh, reliable this little report was. I read it somewhere. I think I might have read it on Reddit. <laughs> Crazy, huh? But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) that she kind of lost her shit when she found out that uh, that Chad had gotten arrested. They say that she kind of tore up her cell. So maybe she's realizing now that if Chad can get, if Chad is supposed to be the prophet and all of this stuff, he's a false prophet. But if he's supposed to be a prophet and all this stuff, and uh, arrested. Maybe she's seeing that he is not infallible. That he does have uh, that he he's mortal. Should they, he's he's not any more special than she is. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be an interesting case to uh, follow. This one, I think. Right, and then we can talk about uh and we can come back to to Chad and Lori. Anybody has anything they want to add? We'll come back to it. But I do want to talk about these boogaloos. These boogaloos. Oh, you love these boogaloos. You love these Hawaiian shirt gun carrying maniacs. <laughs> well, the reason why I'm bringing it back up because I talked, like I said before, I talked to 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 Mark on his uh, channel about boogaloos. I'm bringing them back up because one was actually arrested. In the uh, yeah, so yeah, so he actually uh, card carrying boogaloo, you know. <laughs> and he, he, of all the names, right? Of all the macho gun carrying names they've come up with, they've sat around the table going, "What can we call ourselves?" Yeah, and someone at the back of the room's gone, "What about boogaloo?" And they've gone, "Yes, <laughs> that's the name." That's See, the name we're going to intimidate yeah, people with. We, we are Boogaloo. really scary when people say Boogaloo. <laughs> it's like, boo. Boo. <laughs> so, yeah. There, where there's one, there, these types of people are like roaches. Where there's one, there's going to be like 5,000 more of them. So if one of them was in that crowd and one of them, uh, I believe he shot somebody, I can't remember. Yeah, no, they, they, one of the, two of them are accused of murder, I think. So, okay. I read that, yeah. Because I've been keeping up to date with it since you've mentioned them, actually. Yeah. And I just don't understand why all these white men with guns and Hawaiian shirts are allowed to turn up to these protests, protests and stand there if it was a load of black guys with guns and Hawaiian shirts, I think we know it would be, as we've discussed before, that would be pretty it weird. would be a completely different situation. It would be different, wouldn't it? It's like when the white guys stormed that political building. Was it the Senate? Exactly. exactly. Black guys wouldn't have even got up the steps. Right. It would have been a shootout before, before they even got up the steps. Why are these white guys allowed to turn up with these big guns and Hawaiian shirts? Why are they, why are they wearing Hawaiian shirts? Oh, that's their cool thing. That's their that's their uniform. 
So this is this is what I'm saying. They they're not just showing up in big gangs together. They are infiltrating small pockets of protesters, and that's how they identify one another. So they see that Hawaiian shirt, and they know, oh, this is this is somebody who's in the same cause that I'm in, and their entire cause is anarchy. They actually are looking for the, a uh, a second world war. They, I mean, not world war, civil war. They want a civil war in the United States. They are using the platform and the protest for Black Lives Matter as a, as a, a, a shield for them doing their acts, trying to start the civil war. And, and get it blamed on the protesters. Exactly. Mm. So, and I'm not saying, let me, let me make it very clear. I know that there are Black people breaking windows, looting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're doing it. But then you look somewhere else and you see that there are not, it's not the, the black people with all this pent up anger doing this. It is white people. They're jumping it off. Those would be considered boogaloos. Those would be considered people who are jumping it off, getting it started because they want the anarchy so that they can have an excuse to, uh, to start a war, basically. That's what, what I've seen and what we see over here, right? Mostly is because, like, obviously we have different news networks here. Right. What we see is it's mostly like upper middle class white teenagers who are going in and like fucking looting shit because they think like, oh, let me be edgy for the first time in my life because I'm not going to get arrested in my right. fucking cargo shorts with my dad, who's a lawyer. Like, so they're using it and, like, hiding behind the protest. Then they're going in, sealing all the shit, and then coming out. But we're seeing it here because... Okay, yes, because it's a different news cycle. Yeah. Because then you guys over there are not pushing the same agenda that has been pushed for, for very yeah, long there's over no, here. There's no political thing to it over here. So right. we're just getting... We're mostly, like, mostly... Um, the stuff that you'll see on our news networks will come from social media, so you know that they're like legit at the scene, unedited stuff, like because they're like amateur footage. Yeah, so it's on the ground. So yeah, to me, cool. yeah, with, with me, um, that's why a lot of times I'll read these, uh, and I don't know how reputable the papers are from overseas, but. I read a lot of my news. I don't watch a lot of my news because like you say, there's a political spin on everything in the States. Everything has become political. So I'll read like the independent or I'll, I'll read anything from overseas so that I'm not getting spin. I'm just getting news, you know? The Telegraph's quite reliable. I wouldn't touch the sun. I wouldn't touch the Daily Mail. Yeah, Daily yeah Mail. Nothing, with a, nothing with a red top. It's the Daily Telegraph and the Guardian are pretty good. Yeah, I've read the, I read the Guardian quite often. I yeah. So yeah, those are those are my news because I don't want I don't want spin. I'm not a political person. I don't care about Republican. I don't care about Democrat. I care about right and wrong. And there's an awful lot. Um, that's happening right now, like last night with this botched Friday night massacre here in, in the United States where the uh, the president, he tried to do, he tried to pull a, a, a Richard Nixon where he attempted to fire the... 
Oh, I saw that. Yeah, and he said, "No, I've not resigned. I'm not resigning. <laughs> I'm not leaving." Right. So, you know, of course, he's going to get his way in the end. The president is, but hopefully, that investigation uh, moves on because, uh, like I, I keep saying it, a kick dog hollers. So, the only reason he would fire that man is if he was getting too close to something. And again. Don't want to be political. I could care less, but right and wrong. And between right and wrong, Trump is wrong as two left shoes. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> two left shoes. So uh, I, I will never stand behind the fact that I'm speaking as loudly and proudly as I can. That man has no good intentions for this country. His only intentions are for himself how he is looked at, how he is viewed, how he goes down in history. And, and the most shocking thing he said was when the looting... When the looting starts, the shooting starts. That, for me, was the most disgusting, unbelievable thing. And he said a lot of stupid stuff. But that stuff, that particular phrase was just horrific. But to me, yesterday was a very new low for him when he posted the video of those two yeah, toddlers. CNN, two toddlers running together. Yes. Uh, that footage is so old, too. Yeah, the, the footage was old, and, and he the footage had been manipulated to look so horrible. And the parents of these kids are like, you know what? Take Do not use our children in this manner. This was not what that whole video was about. Those kids... Yeah, that was fucking gross. Yeah, that's disgusting. Anytime the, the leader of this... Yeah, that phrase, the looting starts, shooting starts, it started in 1967 from a Miami police chief who was quite racist. <laughs> he was quite racist. So, yeah, but with he, what he did with that video, sharing that video, uh, to me, shows that this man is completely delusional. There's something wrong. Anytime, you, you shouldn't even have time for this bullshit. You shouldn't have time to be on Twitter. Uh, I'll tell you what happened. He never expected to win that election. No, he, he didn't. never expected to win. He had no plan to win. He, he was just in it for the publicity, and then he won it. He was like, "Oh shit!" Mm -hmm. Honestly, he's bored now. I honestly think he's bored, and but he just wants. I don't even think he wants to win the next election. No, I honestly don't. Do you think he does? He's power. It's not about. It's not about. Uh, doing the job it's the the power that it that comes with it he actually didn't even know what being a president entailed he thought that being a president was like being a king or a dictator he didn't even know that there were rules to a presidency he just wanted the power he don't want to do the work he just wanted the power yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what I hate uh, his children. Oh my god, Donald Trump Jr. Oh god, you know, hate is such a strong word. I don't hate them. Oh. I really, really, really don't like. Now I hate Trump. <laughs> I hate him. But the kids, you know, they fruit don't fall oh. from the tree. You, what do you expect? Look at the daddy. What do you expect? If that was my dad, I'd be fucking mortified. I'd be gone. I think the youngest they didn't even they didn't even have anything negative to say when he was recorded saying I grabbed them by the 
I'm saying right, that if it, 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 his girlfriend, that was fucking dirty. Yeah, yeah. That was disgusting. So, and the, I think the the two, the youngest two, the Tiffany and Baron, I think they they are they have enough sense to be mortified by these things. But the older ones, they're just like him. They're just like him. That's gross. Yeah, it's sick, but it's true. He's holding, a, he's holding a rally tonight, right? 10,000 people in one of the worst hotspots for coronavirus. Yeah. And it's just flashed up on my phone. But 12 of his campaign staff have just tested positive. I think a lot of people bought tickets and didn't go. Like, on purpose. Well, because he's been, he's been advertising for actors to go to this rally, by the way. Yes, yes I saw that. Yeah. And a lot I mean, of these people are going to be paid actors. Let's be realistic. I can't even trip about his rally. If 10,000 people show up at his rally, we there were 60,000 people protesting in downtown Houston. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, but they're that's protesting. different. Protesting during a pandemic shows the urgency of the protest. And I agree. I agree. And, 100%. and going to a rally during a pandemic is different because you can literally get all of that across online. This is Everything true. that he needs to say at the rally, he can do online. The protest has to be a physical show of That's a good point. solidarity. That's a really, really, really good point. Yes. And it's showing urgency that if people who are especially black people who are most likely to suffer higher morbidity rates, higher mortality rates of coronavirus, if they are protesting during a pandemic, that shows urgency. That, yeah. that there's something else killing them. So. I, I yeah I agree, and I, I'm really glad you said that. That was like very well said. <laughs> because I'm, I'm really, really good point. Yeah, Boris Johnson. Let me tell you, Boris Johnson's not much better. Okay, in the UK we had two warning signs. We had the the outbreak in Italy. That is, there's the first warning. We didn't did we did we didn't act, and then Spain got it really badly, and we still didn't react. And Boris Johnson was like, yeah, blah, blah, waffle, 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 blah, 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 blah. <laughs> literally. And, and then it hit us. And we're still and we're still miles higher than anyone else in Europe, but we are slowly coming out of it. I think I think I, you could be I could be wrong, but I think Ireland actually dealt with it way better than us. Is that right? Yeah, Fine. way better. <laughs> no offense. No, 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 no offense <laughs> to me. No, like I said, we were so slow. We were almost cocky. We're like, no, it won't hit us. Well, yeah. it's, it's that mentality of keep calm and carry on that has caused Britain so much damage to just we were that stupid we didn't stop the blinders people. on we were we were that stupid we didn't stop people flying in from hotspots no mm -hmm. we, didn't, we didn't test them we didn't test them at the airport we didn't only up until three weeks ago you could just fly into England and not have to go into quarantine. We well, had uh, Northern Ireland, you can come down and not have to abide by any of the lockdown yeah. rules. And we have no borders, so they can literally just come down. So when the UK hadn't locked down as tightly as Ireland had, we were being really affected by the slowness of the UK to react. To react. I can imagine, yeah. We would, honestly, you think Trump's bad. Boris Johnson is not too far behind to be honest he's, he's yeah behind as long as it because you, in fact it's probably worse than Trump because we had countries before us we had Italy and Spain before us who were showing us how not how to do things and how and he just did nothing he literally did nothing
we actually had uh, our intelligence agencies telling the president way back in January, hey, something's coming. You need to be prepared. We need to start playing. And he didn't believe it because he doesn't believe in science. Gotta go. See you. See you, Eric. I appreciate you hanging out with me. Love you. Miss you. Bye. <laughs> but yeah, um, he, he had an opportunity to react when when the uh, intelligence agencies gave him the heads up. He doesn't believe in science. He just said, uh, fuck him. <laughs> Basically, fuck him. In fact, he didn't get serious about it here until somebody he knew personally got super ill with it. Then all of a sudden he's like, uh, we're gonna do something. And we did something and now he's bored of that and he's going on to the next thing. I don't wanna talk about Trump because I don't have enough bottles of wine. <laughs> I, honestly, I honestly think I honestly think some, some of these politicians, I, I mean, we even sent patients of COVID to nursing homes when we didn't have enough hospital beds. I know, which tells me... You just want to kill them all. Well, I think so. I genuinely think they were like, well, hang on a minute. If we're going to lose people, it might as well be... No, I'm not saying it's right, obviously. But I think it's the only thing that makes sense to me is that that's what they were trying to plan. Or trying to... Even the narrative that they spin of, oh, these people had underlying conditions. Yes. Asthma mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you're going to die in the next like week. You could live a full life with an underlying condition. That does not mean that you're terminally ill. Exactly. It's, it's, it's horrible to like. My son is in that percentage that like has an underlying condition. He wouldn't be just anything. He would be like my whole world. It's, it's right. a horrible narrative that they're spinning. Right. It's even here with the football, like they, they, they were saying that they want to start football and American football back up here. And, you know, that's a full contact sport. OK, so one school. It's not really. They wear all these silly pads and helmets and stuff. They don't really touch on you. Nambi, Nambi, pads and helmets. What's that about? Come on. But twenty some odd players at this school have uh, have I think God I can't remember if it was UCLA but they 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 tested positive really and people are saying well are they asymptomatic what fucking difference let me see take care guys I'll see you Robin love you miss you bye <laughs> but yeah what difference does it make if they're asymptomatic. If you can pass it on to somebody who is more susceptible to getting sick than you are, if I'm asymptomatic, so what? You know, if I can give it to my dad who and it's gonna kill him, that's entirely, you know, that's why asymptomatic people need to sit their asses still. Just because you're asymptomatic does not mean that you can go out and do all the things that uh that you would do if you didn't have it, period. You need to be thinking about the people who are who have a a less a less chance of survival than you do if you take care if you play with these uh play football and the foosball. 
a lot of it, a lot. The problem is, 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 is contracts and money and TV contracts and TV money and players' contracts and players' money. These are children. I'm watching the Premier League right now in England, and they've got no crowd. They've got no crowd. They've got all the subs are sitting three seats away from each other. And to be honest with you, it, it's great to have it back, but it is a bit of a fast. Mm-hmm. It is a bit of a complete fast having football back at the moment. It's only, it's to, make money. <laughs> only to make money. It's only to make money. And these kids, or the college kids, they're not getting paid. So now they're thinking to themselves, you've just shown me what you think of my life by telling me that I'm still going to have to go out here and play when that's, that's a whole different form of slavery. Even though they're being compensated with an education, we should all be, we should all be able to get an education, period. Education, it shouldn't cost uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars to learn. <laughs> it should not. It shouldn't cost that much to learn. So now these kids are being shown that the only thing that matters is that you get your ass out there and play. It doesn't matter if you live or die. It doesn't matter if you take this home to 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 your uh, grandma or grandfather. Uh, what matters is their money at the end of the day. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I do absolutely love watching college football on ESPN. Because <laughs> the atmosphere, the passion, the attitude. The, and that's why you produce so many great young athletes is because they've been exposed to that pressure. To, to, to executing their skills in front of 20,000 screaming peers, which is a massive pressure. But that is why the NFL produced so many great young players. And it's because you, of the college system. You also get entitled players, like uh, Aaron Hernandez. I did an episode about Aaron Hernandez. Oh, yeah. Aaron Hernandez. Wow. What a case. Yeah. So, I mean, if he would have been, if, if anybody, if anybody would have said, boundaries for him and then realize that he is getting he's taking a lot of blows to the head he does not need to be uh he doesn't need to be exposed to this anymore it's it was no longer any good for him he had more concussions before he was in in college than probably most of us suffer our entire lives that's not fair to him he was set up for this and then look at the way it ended, you know. Look at the way it ended. American football would do itself a massive favor if it, it it really cut down on the cheap shots. For instance, when a receiver catches the ball and he's on his way down, there's no need for someone to smash him head first. Yeah, there's no need for that. So in, in my opinion, that's a cheap shot. Yeah, they that is how you end careers and how you end lives is <laughs> when someone can't see the hit coming. They're not going to go anywhere. They're landing on their back. But there's still a tackler flying like a torpedo, helmet first, into the back of his head. It's like, and the NFL just go, nah, play on. No, no. People will come up to you in that, though, because they'd be so desperate to be seen as good enough to get into college because their families can't afford to put them through otherwise. That they would be hungry and they would be doing everything they could to make sure that people remember them at the end of the game. Right. That's what starts it all off. The highlight reel. Yes, because I mean, I'm guilty of it. I, I I love sports, so I'm guilty of just sitting and watching uh, the best hits in, in football. Or... Oh, the, the best hits are different. The best hits are different. The best hits are legal and stuff like that. But what I'm talking are 
What I'm talking about is the cheap shots. Yeah. And I, every time I watch American football from a rugby po- I'm a rugby man, uh-huh. and I think and I see someone landing who can't see a hit coming, and their head goes bang like this, and they're, yeah. they're out cold. <laughs> and there's no there's no punishment. There's no punishment for well, the player. No but the punishment is too late. The person has already suffered this concussion. At this exactly. Point. If they actually <laughs> really, if they really like had a two minute sending off where they can only have certain, their players wouldn't do it. Uh-huh. But at the moment, at the moment, tacklers can just fly in and just head first and just do whatever the hell they want. Pretty much, it's brutal. <laughs> it is brutal. What was the last thing I wanted to talk about? We didn't went from boogaloo's to Trump to football, there was something else. What was it? I typed it up there earlier. What was it? I can't remember. Oh, let, me, let me go up. Oh, you know what? It wasn't anything. It was something really small. Because you see me drinking my, I drink my smart water, okay? So you see, this is a, whoa, this is a leader. And a little other news, it says. <laughs> leader. That's a leader. This is a big bottle. This is a leader, right? There was a family who had a child, his son, their son rather, and he had a bedwetting problem. This is just within a couple of days. I don't remember where I it was. I fucking saw this. I know where you're going. You saw it? Oh. They forced this little kid who had a bedwetting problem to drink three, was it three or four? To drink three of these in four hours. Now, I've been talking to you all for an hour, and you can see what I've done to my bottle. So this is me, grown-up me. Now, I'm trying to think to myself, what do you think that you were going to... How was that? How was drinking four of these going to, uh, going to stop him from wetting the bed? Because what it ultimately did, it ultimately killed him. No way. He died. From drinking water, four of these or three of these in four hours. That to me is a different kind of abuse. People who think in their mind that they're doing something good for this kid. If this if that I promise you. No, they knew as well. Even when even when he said that he couldn't drink anymore, he was getting sick into the sink and they were like, just you're drinking it too fast. Just, just sip it, just sip it. Like he was like getting leg cramps, and they were still yeah. like kicking him when he was on the floor, making forcing him to drink water. And oh, I'm like, okay. what the hell would that prove? As a person, and I'm being now totally uh, frank and honest with you, I had a bad wedding problem as a as a young person, and I'm gonna tell you what would not have never helped was drinking. For what the fuck was that supposed to do? That would make what? anyone wet the bed. Right. It's like you wanted him to wet the bed so you could punish him retroactively. Yeah. I don't understand. What what would that do? And my family was like, you can't drink anything after such such a clock. And in and, and still, I still have, you know, it's it's not an issue of a person wanting to wet the bed or drink yeah, it too much. It's not even it's not even it's not even that physical. It's nothing got to do with like how much liquid you have in your system. Right. It is a different kind of problem. 
And trust me, as as horrible as you feel in yelling at your kid, they feel worse because they have this issue, especially if they've got siblings and their siblings don't do it. Now you are the person in the house who has this problem and everybody is thinking that they can solve it by yelling at you. Yep, and you're gonna try and hide it even more then. Exactly. Which makes them worse. It's just sick, it's just sick. It's just circular, the logic is so freaking ridiculous. What made you think that a little person could take this much water, even after getting sick from drinking water, you continue to force the child to drink water until he died. That's probably a ten, that, that could be second degree murder. That it's something there, and they've been arrested. They've oh been yeah, arrested. I know. Yeah, they've been arrested and charged. I think it reminds me of you know that family who um, said their daughter was clingy and they got her to do that rebirthing thing where they rolled her up in a carpet and no, made her yes. struggle yeah they made her struggle to try and get out and sat on her i think it was for like 10 hours i could be so yeah. wrong here. Like, it reminded me of that or the the guy who kept his his autistic son in the garage and he died of hypothermia then it's the same kind of abuse where it's like you're not hitting them but what the fuck are you doing yeah what do you think? What do you think is gonna good? What good do you think is gonna come out of this? You give a kid who wets the bed a hundred, <laughs> you know, this much water, three of them, and think he's not gonna wet the bed. Then you give a child who's clingy and and you put them and roll them up in carpet. What the fuck? That was all recorded too. It was in a, it was in a therapist's office. Therapist oh, had to yes. think. Yeah, I remember that. I read the transcript, and I think it's the only thing that I've had, like. And I'm the first to say that I'm desensitized to a lot of stuff from reading. Yeah. But this was like the first thing that made me like had to step away. I was like, "This is fucked up." Isn't it sick? Just like how, like how could anyone think like someone, especially in. A position like a professional position mm -hmm. so like parents should be charged therapists should be charged whoever the fuck gave her a license should be charged <laughs> whoever was renting her the building there was one percent of humanity that will always let the rest of the 99 percent down unfortunately yeah in any walk of life in any profession there's one percent that are just fucked up in the head man because that's where that just, when I read that, of course, about the little boy, I, of course, I identified with it. Of course, I did. Because like I said, this is a problem that I had. And I'm just thinking to myself, at what point, you know, at what point do you say, it's not this kid's fault. We've done all these horrible things and this kid hasn't stopped wetting the bed. So maybe we'll take this kid to a doctor or to a psychologist or psychiatrist and see what's the cause. I mean, at what point do we come up with that solution? I think it was just an excuse. Had to have been. There's no way their logic could have been that or or to try and even like have a better excuse. Like if that was their legitimate reason, why would you tell the police that? Oh, he was wet in the bed, so I made him drink this much water. Right. Tons of water. Almost a goddamn gallon of water. Who does that to a child? 
Like that would have been horrible too because your sodium levels would rise so much. Yes, and then you you freaking almost you drown. Shit. Yeah, you're cramping everything. It would have been really really sore. And then you're doing it over a period of time, so it's not like it's not even like drowning. Like drowning at least is over soon. This went on for hours. Apparently he fell asleep on like the floor in the kitchen or something and they left him there for a while then carried him up to bed and he was like kind of groaning, not like he wasn't coming around and they just put him to bed and then the next morning they went in and he was dead. Like he could have died at any time during that night. Like they could have right. saved they him at any point. Him. Right. I can't deal with crimes against I can't this is why I get so angry this cult mum and dad. I can't deal with crimes against kids. Mm-hmm. I just can't I, I, and this is when people who say I'm opposed, like if they're opposed to the death penalty, which is fine, mm-hmm. that's their opinion, and I get it. I, but when there's cast iron, a hundred percent DNA proof and a confession, and whatever you want to call it, and I hate false confessions as much as the next guy. What I'm saying is, when it's cast iron, mm-hmm. okay, when it's absolutely undisputed proof that this per, when it comes to killing children and torturing children and whatever. There is no way on God's green earth that that offender should ever be released from prison ever again. Like what Paul Paul Bernardo's accomplice. She's out. She's working at school. Who's that? Paul Bernardo's, the serial killer. She's been released and she was tracked down by a journalist working as a dinner lady or a chaperone or something. And I'm like, uh, Hello? Right. I think I'd rather them just rot in a cell for the rest of their life and be reminded every day what they did. Yeah, yeah like it's yeah. like um, you know, did you ever see Black Mirror? You know the White Bear episode. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, I that know. kind of thing. Except that kind of even made me a little bit sad. Maybe I'm a little bit too empathetic because, like, she obviously didn't remember what she did in the episode. Right. But like something along those lines where you make them relive how horrible they were every day for the rest of their life, and they live a long fucking life. Yeah, every single other... day that they stole, they live remembering what they yeah. took away. On the other side of the death penalty coin, uh, I actually think the serial killers like BTK and the Golden State Killer and Joel Rifkin should not be kept alive, but they should be studied, they should be just interviewed every single week they should be they should even be given case such files of unsolved serial murder they should they the fbi just should learn as much as they can off them maybe that that's where my view on a death penalty is completely probably skew if to be honest is that these horrendous predators could the fbi could learn a lot from them and maybe Keeping them alive, as Crime Lab says, maybe keeping them alive to, to think about what they've done, but they could also be useful. Learn, be useful, exactly, yeah. And it's only if, I agree with that to a degree. First of all, I, and the older I get, <laughs> I'm starting to realize that the death penalty is uh, not, not only inhumane, but because... There are people sitting on death row here in states who didn't commit the crime. Absolutely right. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Don't get me started. You watch the Innocent Files on Netflix, I almost punched my TV. Right. I did. 
They're sitting there waiting to die for something that they did not do. So if that happens to one person, that's one person too many. But uh, as far as studying these serial killers, I think to a degree we can do that unless they begin to get some enjoyment. Yeah, they will. They'll get some part of the game. But they might help. I mean, uh, Ted Bundy helped massively with the Green, Green River Killer because they played on his ego and said, I tell you what, this guy's getting his numbers up. He's, he's catching you up. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to be remembered more than you. And he helped. I don't know. I don't know if he helped catch the Green River Killer. <laughs> but he certainly put them on the right. On the you know, the right. On gave some, uh, and I'm thinking, so, like these these guys are not like, the BT, especially BTK. For me, he is the poster boy of having two different entities in the same body. Mm-hmm. He was a father. He had a job. He was this. He's that. But this other entity inside him. He was a killer. He stalked, he bind, he tortured, he killed, he hunted, he humiliated, he terrified. That's two different things, and that's two different people in the same person. For me, right. I don't know what you guys think. That's two different people in the same person. To so go mean, from one extreme to the other like that. And that's where the FBI... All, all of them have to have that double life. Uh, you think of Bundy, who sat right next to Ann Rule, and they worked side by side, and she never had a clue that he was the person who was out there doing this killing. Golden uh, State Killer. The Golden State Killer. Police officer. He's out here. He, it, not only is he a police officer, he is married. He's got children. He living this whole double life, you know. Um, and I'm so glad that he is getting closer to, uh, to just confessing. So he's we, a Voldemort-looking motherfucker, too. Oh, my God. He's scary now. <laughs> You know what they should do. You know what they should do is give him this plea deal, where but he's got to stand up in court, and he's got to plead guilty in front of the victims, right. and maybe do a PTK type confession about each crime. Uh-huh. I know that'd be hard. I know that'd be hard to hear right. from the. Uh, and I talk to Jen quite a lot. The um, the lady who's the daughter of the um, and she's amazing. She's such a character, um, and I think he should be made to stand up in court. And just and, and and tell and tell them exactly what um exactly what he did, how he did it, and when it came. Now, I don't, what do you guys think about the victim the victim statements? I said to Jen, don't show any upset, don't show any cry, don't cry. I know it's hard. Just look him straight in the eye and make him feel as small as possible. Then go outside, have a cry, and all that. But he he will want to see them cry. He'll want to see them upset. He'll want to see them struggling. He'll want to see the vulnerable women getting up, going, you've ruined my life. He'll love that because that's what he did, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He liked to hear people cry. He liked to hear people. But what he would hate, he would hate strong women. He would hate, not attitude women. He would hate women going, really taking it to him, having to go at him in court in front of everyone, embarrassing right. him. Like, he yeah, would hate that. Actually, you know, the worst fucking sex I had in my life and I had to have somebody who I didn't even care for. <laughs> the, monster inside him, the monster inside him would laugh going, oh, they're crying. Uh, I did that. Uh, I did that. But he would hate it if they all just stood up strong, looked him in the eye and go, you're pathetic. Bloody, bloody, bloody. Lay it, lay it to him, man. He would hate it. 
the worst be, things that he has to admit to would be the, the murders. And yeah. he doesn't get an opportunity. He's already gotten that power. That power is already his. And for to give him an opportunity to relive that, the the joy, the strength, the whatever he felt in that moment, I feel like we're we're doing them more favors. Yeah, make him write. Make him fucking write it down and sign it. Right. Don't let him, yeah. don't let him say it to people. Shit, you got to say. I watch their reactions. Yeah, he'd fucking mm-hmm. love that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I've watched that BTK confession in court more than once on YouTube, and it's just convinces it convinces me more that he had multi personality disorder. Because the way this girl walked into the room and shot him and then tied her up, and it's the way he describes it. It's just like a fucking robot. Yeah, like me saying, yeah, I'm going to go in here and cook some tacos, and then maybe I'll have a glass of orange juice, maybe apple. <laughs> or maybe I'm going to go and torture a girl and then put her in a... It's like two different, two different entities in the same person. Uh, and I think the FBI... I really hope the FBI really do learn as much as they can off, off, uh, off offenders like that. You know, yeah. he's not a hillbilly. He's not some redneck. He's not some drifter. He's an intelligent. Unfortunately, he's an intelligent, civilized bloke who had a job. You know, he's got to be civilized to hold a job and a family. So well, I think he's even got to he was an asshole at work. At work, I mean, yeah, he, he was he, an asshole. The FBI could learn from. Mm-hmm. But as well as that, he could have just been masking his it's, true feelings and being so dissociative from things that that is who he actually is, and the rest was the fakeness. Right. The family man, the guy at work, the guy everybody knew, that was the fakeness, because you see it every day that people learn to, like, ma- like they learn to copy in social situations. Right. You know, like, he could like, especially me, because like I have ADHD. So like social situations, no, I would, like on the <laughs> welcome to the club. Yeah, I, like, I would be like kind of copycatting social things, you know, like if like rather than because I know that it's appropriate, so right? Not that extreme, but he could be like that where he sees that right. Okay, this is the way I need to behave here, but then snap, he's himself when he's right. doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, the one thing that me and Jen ag- agreed on was the the, the 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 Golden State Killer and the BTK thing. The, 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 is there's no way on God's green earth they both stop for ten years. There's no way. There's just no. There's no way you turn that from a from their point of view. They've got this rush of being powerful. The the feeling of he's in control, the power and control. And unfortunately, he was. They were so lethal what they did you don't just suddenly go i'm going to stop that and not miss it and not do other offenses even if it's not murdering people i'm I'm sure they would have had other and maybe that's why the golden state killer's taken the plea deal because a lot of people are going to testify and maybe there's a lot of other crimes out there that he's done and he didn't want to get offended for do you guys think serial killers can just suddenly take a break i do and, and, and the reason I do is because we look at a Joseph D'Angelo who at some point he stopped. Now, we're not I'm not saying that I know exactly what he did in, in all of these years since uh, the last known Golden State killer murder. 
But I am saying that he realized that if there was a point where he could not physically overpower anybody anymore. He, he was no longer able to run and jump over gates and do all the things that he did that kept him from being caught as a young guy. So now he, the only thing he has is to live off of the, the mementos that he took when he did these things because he, he got to an age where he couldn't do it. And this is a person who got old, you know, uh, a lot of them don't get old, but he got old. So there came a point where he just couldn't do it anymore. Just physically could not do it anymore. And that's what I think, uh, that's what I think made him stop. You don't think he could have just gone to a gun, just a, 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 just shooting people? Just You don't think he, or his particular MO of tying people up, putting plates on their back? Right. See, yeah, he yeah. Wasn't, to him, that whole thing wasn't about just killing someone. It was, was yes. Yes. yes, it was about all of those other things. Uh, it has to be perfect for them or they're not going to want to do it. Right, right. It becomes ritualistic after like a while and if it's not the same every time, you're going to stop. Yeah. Because you, you want to get it right. You want to get yeah. it the way that BTK you normally do it. BTK wasn't too old, though, for what he was doing. BTK, BTK, another BTK, thing, so. You think he stopped? Well, so there could have been things going on at home. Like he could have been having a, a, had a different outlet, maybe like some sort yeah, of like different. I think like, it coincided with his daughter being born. I think. I'm not. I can't. I'm happy to be corrected there, but I think his daughter, who I really hope to speak to one day, um, was born. Um, but he, they're the guys the FBI should be learning from. Man, the psyche of having two different. So it's one extreme to the other, isn't it? It really is. Been a loving dad. Mm -hmm. High-powered job, park ranger or a policeman. But then by night, they're going out and hunting not just single victims. The BTKs, apparently the BTKs' first victims were the Ontario family. Right. Which is so rare that, that you start with a family. You don't. You usually build yourself up to that, don't you? You usually master your MO and you mark. But to start with a whole family at one hit, I mean, that's... Remember, wow. man, the way that, that went down, the father of that family had been in a car accident, so he was home unexpectedly. Ah. The car that he drove was not there, and he was there unexpectedly. Then the children who didn't go to school, they were there unexpectedly. <laughs> so now you've got... He thought he might have been walking into a situation where it was the maybe the wife and the kids, but the father being there was a surprise because the vehicle that he normally drove was in the shop, yeah. and and he was there, but he was he was hit he was hurt, so it was actually lucky for him that he came that day because the man was too hurt to put up much of a fight. Yeah. Exactly. Now your first one, you kind of botched it, but you killed an entire family. Yeah. That, yeah. And, and there were no, he obviously had, there was no signs he did. There was no, he wasn't distracted. He didn't like, you know, he didn't hit. One thing was he just took it in his stride. I just killed a family. Went home to his, went home to his wife and, and carried on normal life. It's, those are the serial killers for me. <laughs> most terrifying 
not the not the serial killers that in five years, unfortunately, they kill thirty people, but they're obviously like <laughs> the more terrifying, the more terrifying serial killers for me are the ones with double lives. Who that could be all part of one personality. That doesn't have to be mental health. That could be literally just different aspects of their personality some people are able to be different people in different places because this is who that's this is what i was getting to the the one that scares me the most is israel keys yeah yeah you said this before billy very killed he he (laughs) way ahead way ahead burying all those kill cats across the country you did your deeds with your family living I mean, your family in the house and you in the shed killing somebody. That to me, a person like that who can be that and then leave the dead body there and go on vacation. Who the fuck does that? Who, you know, that to me is not a sick person. That is a person like uh, like Eileen said, with a dual personality and the part of the personality that is fake is what we see every day, the normal shit. He really is that monster, you know. That's who he really is. Oh yeah, he's a scary guy. I can't wait. Like, and that just could be just him. That's just his. That's just his actual personality. Right. Like some things, like you know, can be explained by mental health. Right. But a lot of the time, people try and like latch onto it as an excuse. But that could just be his personality. That's who he is, right? Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's been an hour and a half. I'm drunk. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I'm going to call it one. Again, I'm going to uh, show my show my wares again. These are the, the postcards that I will be sending if you decide that you want to become a patron. Patreon.com slash Sinister Silhouettes. These are my... These are my goodies for you guys. Oh, that's so cool. Huh? That's so cool. I'm a patron. I Everyone should join. Yes. And I'm going to do the, oh, this was my more than a movie. Because when I do things for as far as being a, a, a documentary, it'll be more than a movie. And that is the, uh, the side gig. My side gig would be more than a movie. Last but not least is the one I like the most with the holographic material. I love it. Yeah. Join Patreon. Leave me a tip here. There's a million ways that you can uh that you can donate to the podcast. Oh, I hear my son getting ready to go to work, so now I really have to end this whole thing. So yeah, it has been fun. I have to take it up on my one. I don't have to set this Patreon and tip stuff up on my one, man. Yeah. I'm missing out. I think you should. We and you we need to talk. I need to show you how to do this, huh? They showed me. So Eileen, <laughs> Eileen and uh and Emily from Morbidology have been like, you need to do this, you need to do that. They are teaching oh, me good. the game. <laughs> I'm learning. Yep, we have to get what you deserve. Yes. So yes. So if you guys are interested in all of those things, uh tcbytb.com is where you can find links to all that shit. My blog and old episodes and everything else. So all that stuff, you can do that. TCBYTB.com. And yes, thank you very much, Mark, for hanging out with me once again. Eileen, my little Irish baby. 
Eileen, I'm on at 10 p.m. every Sunday if you'd like to join me and my gang and, and obviously... I, I will try, but my kids wake up at 5 a.m. So, like, 10 p.m. Nah, is like... for the week, man. Every, every Thursday I'm up with this lot up until bloody 3 a.m. Oh, no. See, she says she has feral children. <laughs> I do. I have two feral children. Oh, I do. Tell them where to find you. Oh, yeah. Crime Labs. <laughs> crime What's your podcast? What's it called? Crime Labs. Yeah, Crime Labs. Crime Labs. I, I can't say it. I can. Crime Labs. Crime Labs. Crime Labs. I will you on Twitter now. Crime Labs. It's nice yeah, to but, see you. But nobody me. else. Nobody else follow me. Just follow Tasha. Give her all your money. Oh, all, your, all, your listen, all your listens. All your donations. Which one? I love you. Charlie's my co host. Oh, yeah. And I'm following you already. Yeah, I'm following you already. Yeah. So, yes. Cool. It's been fun, you guys. And um, yeah. everybody, we will catch you on the next one. See you next Saturday. Thanks. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks. See you later. See you. Bye, Irish baby, my little Irish baby. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>